right. Hello. Welcome to the Artificially Intelligent Podcast, where a white, cracker-ass, honky American comedian, that's me, named Nathan, speaks with his bestest bud, a black African-American person of color musician. That's that's you, Barrett Antar Goodwin. Indeed. And uh, we never, ever talk about race. So we thought we would do that today because... You know, as a white guy and a black guy, we figure, what do we know about race? Let's let's just ignore it. But today, uh, you you had thoughts. Do you want to just jump right in? Oh, I, I I I yes and no, because <laughs> my my thoughts relate to um Adele. You know, interesting. So we're calling British a race. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Try to whoopie me. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny how quickly these things become verbs. Um, so I guess there was an award that uh, they had split. These oh, two yeah. Best yep, female yep, yep. and best male. Now she won it. And she said something about being proud to be a woman. And then a yeah. bunch of people came after her because she said that. Now, Here's what I always wonder in situations like this. Yes. Did a bunch of people come after her (laughs) or did five crybabies come after her? What I've discovered a lot is in news articles, what they do is they go and find the five dumbest people on Twitter. (laughs) And then they say Twitter is a buzz about whatever the the topic is that they want to inflate to a point of, of controversy. Yes. Because what, what, what typically happens, and it happened with Adele, when you listen to the quote, she says, you know, I'm very proud to be a woman. The audience erupts. So you have 20,000 people that get what she's saying in the moment. But then you find like, how dare she be anti-man or anti-trans? It's like, she just said she was proud to be a woman. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. She, she, yeah. I I saw the, the, it was funny about the same time I saw the old Dave Chappelle joke. I don't remember what special it was from where he's saying, they keep saying there are no differences between men and women. All right. Why don't women play in the NBA? Why do we have a WNBA? I mean, anyway, before we go off track, continue with your thought. Well, I I have a gig tomorrow uh, where I have to sing and play some songs and I was working on a new song. And it talks, one of the lyrics is something to the effect of she's a real woman or something like that. And as I was working- Let me interrupt you. I apologize. (laughs) You mean in that would have been a lyric in the 1970s. She's a real woman. Right. But the way people are going to hear it today is like, wait a second. What do you mean? Real woman? How dare you? And and I and and so I'm working on the tune and the right. You're absolutely right. The recording is from 1971 and I'm working it out. And I was like, real woman. And I was like, oh, fucking liberal motherfuckers. (laughs) And I was like, you know, this is exactly how racism works. Like, racism is something that the way that it functions, the person who's being racist is not the one who's forced to do the changing. It's the person being accused of being the racist, the transphobe, the whatever, that has to do the changing. And what that creates 
in this in in a historical context without talking about it from a black and white perspective right because that's not the road i want to particularly go down but just as the context with which we understand it in this country right like race isn't something that white people had to deal with it's something that everybody else had to deal with right like everybody else had to make sure that white people were comfortable when white people came into the room and so for white people race doesn't exist it's like because everywhere they go people adapt and so that adaptation is something that white people weren't aware was happening they just assumed that that's the way people were but it was an adaptation to their presence it changed the chemical equation which triggers a different set of behaviors because of safety because if you don't do that, you end up dying, right? So, but that's not the point I want to make. What I want to make is that that's exactly what's happening now. Like when all these fucking nutty right wingers are talking about how this stuff is racist to a degree, it they're not wrong because it functions in the same way, right? Like if I start self-censoring my set because some liberal people might be in the audience and take offense to something that I don't mean. And then I had the same reaction. Like I was imagining how it would go on my head, which is again, purely my imagination and not reality. So yes, let's put that out there. But I imagine seeing the song and somebody go, what do you mean real woman? Or what do you mean she doesn't change? What do you mean? They're trying to say all women stay the same. And I was just like, oh my God. And I got that feeling of like, really come on and then that feeling of yes something being taken away because they're taking away my no they're not taking away but they're but i'm in a position now where like i could theoretically get canceled or something because i sing some lyric from 1970 that someone else takes out of context and then and so i self-censor and I just change my set and that song never gets performed, right? And then you make enough of those decisions over and over and over and over and over again. And where the fuck is your life? Like, you're literally like, that's, and that's kind of what, when people talk about racism and sexism and things like that, that's what they're talking about. There's like, women will talk about this feeling of like having to walk into a room with men and having to alter all their behaviors to fit this thing for their own safety. And it's like, right, and now, like again like and again like i hesitate to talk about this stuff and maybe you know more than i do about this i heard or you what you want to say something before we before no we I, 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 I i i didn't know you were going to start on a different path because i have no it's a similar path but say what you're going to say first i just i had three thoughts running through my head one the adaptation um you made me think of family guy there there's an episode where stewie uh uh so a black guy wait a second. And then he checks the entire world. He goes, okay, so a black guy, and he tells the joke and then a black guy pops out of a potted plant. And he's like, damn it. You know, like, like the, the guy was hiding there. He's like, he was trying to make sure it was safe to tell his racist joke. So you talk about modifying behavior, but this is possibly unrelated. It's uh, two thoughts. One, I, what I've discovered in doing comedy is that the majority gets it. And it goes back to what I said a moment, uh, a minute ago, where mm-hmm. what we are doing is amplifying the wrong voices. It's, it's, it's funny because hmm. for our entire lifetime, we heard about the silent majority, the moral majority, and that always represented the right. Um, whenever Republicans would run for office, they'd say, oh, we've got the moral majority on our side. And then they would lose office and go, huh, how about that? 
But then it finally happened in 2016, where, you know, that was the silent majority. Everybody thought Hillary was going to win, but nope, it was Trump. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now, taking politics out of it with all this crybaby shit. I mean, obviously, there are certain things you shouldn't use the N word. You shouldn't uh, call someone that's transgender. Hey, tranny. I mean, you, you shouldn't there shouldn't be hate speech or insulting words. But what you said, there's this little chipping away. I just, oh, I just I just read an article uh, last night where they talked about how the Democrats are going to lose their asses in the midterm elections. And part of the reason is. Um, in San Francisco, the bluest city in the world, the most liberal city in the world, is holding recalls because what the educators were doing, instead of teaching kids, they were going around going, okay, now we're in power. We need to rename the George Washington High School, the George Washington Carver High School. We need to remove Abraham, like they went through with all this showcase bullshit instead of actually being educators. And people are sick of it. And the report said that, look, if people are sick of this bullshit in super liberal San Francisco, think about the rural areas and the purple states and how independents are going to vote Republican. Because, and again, with San Francisco, I don't know if you read this, but um, you've seen the, the, the images they raised, like you can't be arrested if you shoplift under $1,000 worth of material. So people are walking into CVS and Walgreens and filling a bag to $900 and walking right out the door and there are videos of security guards just standing there like, what can I do? Because the DA won't prosecute them. People are fucking pissed. They're like, they're, they're saying like, oh, a petty criminal charge ruins someone's life. Whereas others are saying, or it lets them know that they need to straight up and fly right. If you arrest them, sure, there's, there, there's always a fine line between arresting someone three strikes and you're out versus just letting people walk into a CVS and fill a bag and walk out. So this extreme liberalism is failing, and I would not censor your set. That was one thought I had, which, which is don't pander, don't cater. Yeah. So if anyone's going to talk to you after a show, it will be one person in five shows, whereas the rest of the audience will get it and enjoy it. And then the other thought that's not related is, I always find that amazing that the people that seem to be the most sensitive are the young ones who have had everything taken care of for them. So they're trying to invent problems, but they're also the people that were raised on and they love the office. And to me, I remember the first time I watched the series, I'm like, yes, I get it. Michael Scott is a buffoon. He says all these inappropriate things, but nobody gets, you know, like, how dare he? I mean, there are a couple of moments mm -hmm. over the series where someone blows up and says, knock it off with the inappropriateness, but nobody looks at him as the devil or harmful and it's just funny to me that people that go, oh, yeah, you know, he's funny, he's inappropriate, we don't treat people like that, then take, you know, something 1,000 times less worse than what Michael Scott does in a fictional TV show and throws a hissy fit over that, like your line, a real woman. I mean, right. And I, yeah. I mean, the idea that somehow somebody in 1970 could have foreseen what we have today, cell phones, Instagram, fucking damn near flying cars. You know what I mean? Like, this shit would look like science fiction. You know, literally, it'd be like science yeah. fiction to somebody, you know? Well, what's, what's and, the comparison? Supercomputers used to take up an entire military building. Right. Now we have super processors in the palm of our hand. Yeah, right. Like, it's insane, you know? But, like... And again, maybe you know more about this, but 
somebody sent me a thing. I mean, I could read it, I suppose. But basically, the long and short of it is they're making misinformation a terrorist act. This one's new to me. Please continue. Uh, Who is they, by the way? Is it a school district? Is uh, it a local municipality? No, Homeland Security. (coughs) This is from Homeland Security's website. It's a screenshot. Let's see. It is the DHS issues National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin, right? February 7th, 2022. The United States remains in a heightened threat environmental a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis, and malinformation, MDM, introduced and amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exacerbate social friction and sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence, Mass, ca- mass casualty attacks and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an ongoing threat to the nation. Okay, well, that yeah. is real, though. We've seen the effects of that starting in right. 2015, where, as Absolutely. you and I have said a million times, anytime a cop shoots an unarmed black man or an unarmed person, all lives matter. Oh, shit, I just got canceled. Um, any Anytime a cop shoots an unarmed black person, unarmed black man, it's fucking horrific. What the Russians did was they created websites that amplified that. You and I talked about this. What happens? Uh, one in 100,000 pullovers? Again, one too many. What the Russians did was they made it seem like 100 in 150 pullovers, they, they amplified it to the point where, again, completely justified the the, uh, the 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 riots that took place last summer or was it two summers ago? I don't know. Either way, but but now anytime there is a, is a is an offense, it's automatically unjustified. No matter what the situation, it is see another example of, and it's creating tension. That was their job to create tension between yes. the races. And again, with January 6th, you have we watched it happen in real time. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. fascinating where on January 7th, you had Republicans saying this is horrible. This is and then on January 10th, they were saying, oh, it wasn't so bad. It was like, you know, any, and now they're saying that it didn't happen. Like we watched factually something happen on January 6th. And within two months, it actually didn't happen or it was a lie or it was Antifa. And so that is the misinformation problem. But what do you do then about the problem of free speech? Well, I was thinking about that regarding Trump's new Twitter because he got kicked off Twitter. I think he should have been allowed to stay on Twitter, but every single one of his tweets should have just had a thing like, this is not true. Like he can tweet all he wants. Like you take away his platform, I get it. But each one of his tweets should have been, actually, you know, he said the election was stolen. Actually, it was not like instead of just creating an echo chamber, which is what he has just done, where all the stupid people can join up and just say, yeah, the election was stolen. He should be able to tweet the election was stolen as all as as much as he wants with the asterisks by Twitter saying this is actually not true. You can have free speech, but it must be factual to to just not have an asterisk next to it. 
I feel like, like again, I, I hate to take talk about all this clickbaity shit, you know, but I feel like this idea that Whoopi, that Joe Rogan, like if they come after Joe Rogan with this thing about misinformation or different disinformation, it's not that they they will right now, but like this is that slippery slope, man. And I, and I say this as a black person, right? Not only that, but as we like to point out, a black person who speaks for all black people because right, black exactly. people are a monolith. Yeah, you fucking liberals. God damn it. How dare you like take <laughs> away our ability to fucking talk, you dumb motherfuckers, right? Like non-history reading assholes, right? Here's By the, the way, thing. as you say that, do you remember when we were in our 20s, like three years ago, and yeah. we're hardcore liberals. Do you ever? I I never but, thought I would be old but, and bitching about what I here's, was. But here's the thing: when I was a liberal, and I still consider myself a bit of a liberal. Yeah, I when still I was lean a liberal, left. What I was fighting for were things like universal health care. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that having universal health care was a reasonable idea. I thought that having clean water was something that made sense, right? Like I was fighting for things like that. I thought that like abortion laws seemed a little bit weird and maybe we needed to re-examine whether or not people should be allowed to have them or not. Like not that I can weigh in or not on that with any real authority, but I thought maybe we need to examine some stuff. I didn't think that we needed to like burn the system down and decide that right is left and left is right and up is down and down is up. I didn't think that when I was 22, like a couple years yeah. ago. Like I didn't like I, I like a couple of years ago, this would have sounded like I mean let let's be honest right, the tactics that they're using, are the exact tactics that, black people talk about being used on them, back in the day you know what I mean they're taking away our children they're taking away this I heard in Canada again correct me if I'm wrong I heard in Canada they're saying that if you bring your kid who's under eighteen, to a rally protest they're going to take them away and fine you five thousand dollars and put them in the system like they're going to put your children in foster care and charge you five thousand dollars if you bring that your your under 18 year old child to a protest i cannot confirm that one but they are doing some they've enacted some draconian bullshit up there i mean again i don't know if that's true or not but seriously like what the fuck like what are we doing like what the hell is going on here canada like they're supposed to be the nice, polite ones. Like, yeah. you know what I mean, like, what the fuck is going on? Well, you know liberal. I mean? When we were growing up, the right was always the thought police. Oh, you can't right. say that. You can't do that. And Absolutely. we flipped the script. Now it is literally liberals right. are the right. I mean, dude. Who? And, and the funny thing is that. And here's my honest belief of this. Right. And I'm curious. Well, let me ask you what you think. If Trump won the election right if it wasn't stolen from him right and he actually was the true and fair and righteous leader he will be again in 2024 but continue right we're on that path and and he came out with the vaccine which he would have because he would have had to because it would have been his like do you remember all the democrats saying i'm not taking no trump vaccine i'm not doing this i'm not doing this and then somehow like a few weeks later 
I'm not saying that it's the same vaccine, but I'm not sure what would have been different had he been president. It would have still been Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, and all these same people that did it, except it would have been under his watch. And so would all the right-wing people be going, I can't believe you guys aren't taking the fucking vaccine. What are you guys, no. a bunch of fucking assholes? You don't think so? No, because um, two reasons, not that people know or care about this. One, Pfizer was the company that didn't take government money. They, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but the, the, the thing that makes me think, no, is I don't know if you heard him. I think it was with Sean Hannity. I don't remember. He, he, he has done a couple of interviews and he's done a couple of rallies where he says flat out, I got the vaccine. I got the booster and his supporters boo, not all of them, but people right. boo. And there was one, I think this was the interview with Hannity where he said, what, come on. Hey, we created it. Remember, this was done under me. The other guy's getting the credit, but we need to take credit for this. He tried your rallying point where he kept saying, right. I developed this thing. Yeah. And then it 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 came I mean, out my, after I was my, gone. But my question is, like, had he won? Because when all the Democrats were saying they would not take a Trump vaccine. What I don't remember, like. I don't know what the Hannity's and the uh, Tucker Carlson's were saying. And Tucker still says that it's too quick or too soon. Or yeah, you're okay. right. But I, what would he have said if, if right, Trump? Like, won? You're right. Like, like like if all of his people got behind him, and then would we be in the opposite place, right? And if somebody if somebody conservative was running Canada, and I, I don't know about their stuff, so whatever, you know. But like if somebody conservative was was fucking breaking up protests or. I can stop and taking away people's kids and stuff. What would we say about that? Mm. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? Like we're the same people who get mad when they take Mexican children's away, right? When they take the Mexican children away and put them in these cages and stuff like that. We think that's fucking horrible because it is, but I will bet you what's the date today? 23rd. Well, before you continue with the 23rd, remember, uh, the president that, that deported most Latino people was Obama. Like he was a deporting motherfucker. It's just that oh, Trump upped his game by saying now the kids get separated from the parents. What Obama was doing was pretty and, and Biden, other than separation, I don't here's what I don't think under people understand is Biden has not changed anything regarding the border policy. Biden has not changed anything regarding the tariffs on Chinese goods. But suddenly, Democrats aren't crowing about it as much. They're not out there going, how dare he block the borders never reopened. Now, Biden's using COVID as a legitimate excuse. But also, you know, the first thing he did is he I think they bought billboards in Honduras that said border is still closed. But people think it's wide open just because of Democrats in office. It's again, to reference a cartoon, the South, uh, uh, the Simpsons. There's a, when, when Grant, when, when Bart and Lisa start writing the cartoons, they ask, you know, grandpa, they use Abe Simpson's name and they go, didn't you wonder why you were getting checks from nowhere? He goes, I thought it cause the Democrats were in office. You know, it's like people get this perception and then they just go with that and they don't care about the truth. That was, that was Lydia in the background. I don't know I if anybody's. That. Yeah. <laughs> She's clearly looking for something. <laughs> I hit it, but don't tell her. Right, exactly. I don't know what she's looking for, but no, but that's a, but that's a that's a it's a real thing, man. Like I think that see, we can segue this into another thing, right? Sure. Because because ultimately, like, we're not going to change this, right? Like, and this is this is actually 
the point that I came to as a result of all this, I started to realize that like all this shit is made up, right? It's just made up, right? The idea of, of white supremacy, the idea of liberal, whatever the fuck they're doing, Katie's over in Germany and they have a different belief system. It's very similar, but they have a bunch of made up shit too that they call real. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all just fucking made up, right? Oh, I've, I'll, I'll let you continue, but I've got one that's made up. Right. Um, I read a headline in an article this morning. It said gas prices are going through the roof, especially in California, because Russia just invaded the Ukraine. And I'm like, right. really? How much <laughs> oil do we get from the Ukraine? Well, destabilization of what? A country we didn't know existed until a few months ago? Like, this right. isn't Saudi Arabia. This is the right. Ukraine, and it's Russia. To, and they're like, yeah, oil price is going to go up. Like, because it's an yeah. excuse, because it's invented, because Dude, people on the stock market buy futures. It's not right. what the value is now. They think, oh, this is what it's going to be tomorrow. And when they bet on tomorrow, it affects us today. It's all made up, like you just said. It's Literally. bullshit. It's dude, it's dumb. Oil speed. should it's not like, be on the stock market or on the futures floor. Oil can be on the stock market, but it should not be on, on the futures floor. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 1984. You know it really mean? is. It's really, and it's like it's it's insane. Animal Farm. Yeah, you know? yeah, dude, it's fucking nonsense. And like, but when you realize that it's kind of all just made up, like all these systems, all these structures, they're just made up, but they require legitimate energy to move. They like they do, right? Like we need somebody who's going to collect the garbage, someone's going to paint the street signs, someone's going to paint the lines, someone who designs the paint that can withstand the rain in on the highway. And like we need people to do these things because we've made up these structures, but these structures actually hold up society. Do you know what I mean? Like they hold these things up. Yeah, so fair. Right. And so we need them. But like they're all just ecosystems inside of ecosystems inside of ecosystems inside of ecosystems and my honest feeling is that like the whole key to life it seems is to find an ecosystem that rewards you for what it is you want to do in a way you want to be rewarded but the way you get rewarded by the ecosystem is by supporting the ecosystem right like if we start a podcast and put it on the internet and then find a way to get people to, in, to engage in the internet, then we're supporting that ecosystem and we get rewarded heavily. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you get rewarded heavily and you get rewarded because like your show becomes an advertising platform for everybody. All of a sudden it's like Nathan gets his haircut here and Antar uses this kind of beard dye so he doesn't look his age. And you know what I mean? Like all this stuff and it's like, you get all these endorsements and you're making other people money. And then we talk about what camera we use. So Canon or whoever is making money, like, you know, like everybody feeds off, like, but if you don't have something that creates some kind of feeding frenzy, you're actually not going to survive in any ecosystem. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Like if you're Beyonce, how many fucking t-shirts do, how many t-shirt companies make the bulk of their money off Beyonce concerts? You know what I mean? Or concerts like that, right? How many fucking Pepsis get sold at a Beyonce concert, right? How many people get employed by one Beyonce tour that lasts for four months? How many, like how much money gets generated that gets spread out into all these different systems that require that? You know what I mean? And it's like this well, weird thing. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm going to go sideways with it and I apologize, but mm -hmm. I it made me 
I thought of this several years ago when they announced U2 had just completed a tour and it was the largest grossing tour of all time and it made like $500 billion or something. (laughs) But what they didn't put is U2 is a moving city. When it comes to town, like they had three stages and each stage would be in a different city so the band could just go play. But that stage took three days to set up and tear down. So you have three road crews. Then you're paying for hotel rooms for 100 people in every city. Plus you have truck drive. Like, so I read somewhere (laughs) that the overhead on the U2 tour was a million dollars a day. So if they were on the road for 300 days, they had invested $300 million into the ecosystem, as you call it, the economy, through restaurants, through catering, through, and at the end, if they made 500 million, that means they made 200 million, which is still an absurd amount of money, but then there are taxes, boom, you know, 40% gone. Then there is uh, the lawyers and agency, whatever. So when it comes down to it, again, an absurd amount of money, but each of the four band members is walking with 10, 15, $20 million. That's more than you and I will ever make in our lifetime. And it's a beautiful amount, but people tend to go, oh, $500 million. Wow. That's $125 million per member. Uh Uh-uh. They are supporting the system. Right. And and that's why they're successful because they feed the economy, right? Like, and that's what I think I've started to realize. Like when people talk about like, you have to provide something, it's kind of like, like if you're, but like, think about it, right? Like if, if I'm a successful, if you're a successful comic, right? Well, I just had a horrible thought, but go ahead. Uh-huh. But like, let's say you're a successful comic and you're traveling around and you travel with a photographer. And then that photographer, then so now you're posting on Instagram, which is driving people to Instagram and you're advertising the clubs because the photos look great, right? Like just something that simple, right? Like just you and a photographer feed all these systems you know what I mean? okay you it's took it like, somewhere you know, different and i like that like because it goes contrary crazy, to know? my thought mm-hmm. um i i had a uh my my worst day is always uh and it was yesterday is always the the day of the month where i send out availability to clubs looking for work and i had an interesting moment yesterday where i had a gig on monday night we, we are recording on a wednesday for anyone i had a gig the night before And that booking agent was texting me as I was sending out availability to other agents and call it kismet, call it uh, what you will, God sending a message. I was sending to an email to a booking agent who had been and continues to quote, ignore me. And I just use that phrase because who knows what's going on in his world. I try not to be, you know, like judgmental, like, oh, you know, he didn't see my email because his mom's dealing with cancer. I have no idea. Like I'm not going down the path of fuck him. He never, you know, but the guy texting me was like, Hey, I heard from the people last night. They said you were absolutely one of the best we've ever had here. So good job. And I'm like, thank you. And as I was sent getting that text, I was sending an email to a manager where after I worked his room, I'm talking to him and he just looks like a guy. He's not wearing a shirt and tie and a you know thing that says manager. A customer walked up and was like talking to me going, dude, best I've ever seen here. You were fantastic. So good. And I'm thinking in my head, you'd think that if as a manager, you heard that you'd be trying to get that comic back in your room quickly. But now hearing you say that it's like, so there are two kinds of value. My value has always been send the audience home happy so that they want to return to the club. What can I do that's more? 
I mean, how else can I promote the club? Like you say, do I have a photographer that takes pictures? Like maybe as a comedian, and this is, you get self-righteous. You don't want to get stuck on, I'm the comedian. My job is to get on stage and be funny. Yes, it is. What else can I bring to the table? Because apparently I have to bring more. Because if I am not returning to a club where I've been told, you're the best act they've had, something's missing. I mean, I think that there's two levels of this thing, right? I used to be in a band and the guy, we used to argue all the time. I was like, man, we need to bring people to these fucking shows and start doing those. Listen, our job isn't to bring people. Our job is to keep people here. And at a certain level of gig, he's absolutely right. You go play a place and your job is to make sure that after dinner, people stick around and drink so they can sell alcohol. That's your job, right? Your job doesn't really change. But as you shift up, there's another, not level of playing, because it's not a hierarchical thing, there's another path, another branch of that tree, which is your job is to bring people to this place so that they can buy up our alcohol and our food and drink. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, you're still selling alcohol, but, like, in a different way, right? And those two things are, they're two different ecosystems and they thrive on two different things. And I think that's ultimately the problem is that, and my guess is, I don't know comedy like that, but my guess is it's the same. There's there's a couple of different branches of the comedy tree. And one of them is your job is to keep people here so they spend money. Another one is your job is to bring people here, right? So that they spend money. Well, and they're, they they're already there. So the job is, and as I said, in my mind, it's, send people home happy so that they have a a positive experience with that club where it's like, I want to go back there. The best case scenario is they fall in love with me. They want to become a quote fan. They want to see me again. Right. But so with comedy, there are, and we've talked about this, two kinds of rooms. One room is this guy's been on TV, come see him. Doesn't matter how shitty he does because that happens a lot. Just see this guy that's been on TV. And the rooms I tend to work a lot are the rooms that are established that say, Don't worry who we put on stage. You know us. You know we're the established comedy club. You're going to have a good time when you come here. And those are the rooms that hire me because, unfortunately, I do not bring a lot to the table when it comes to name recognition. What I do is I bring a lot to the table when it comes to sending people home happy. But now... Right. And I need to transition to the the part where I can bring right. people in. And, and and I think that that's, that's what, and you know, and it's funny because like we could talk about this from a music perspective because that's basically, basically what I was doing in New York. I was doing a split of those two things, right? Playing some gigs where it's like people are going to be here. Our job is just to make them, as you say, leave happy. Yeah. Do you know I mean, if you're playing some whatever $600, $700 wedding, you know, per person, like the band members are getting paid, you know what I mean? But our job is to, we're not bringing anybody. Those those 250 people were there before we showed up. You know what I mean? They're going to come whether yeah. we show up or not. Now, whether or not they dance and have a good time, that's our gig. That's our job, make yeah. them dance and have a good time. But that same thing is not what will pack the bitter end on a Saturday night. Like that same energy will not actually pack the Mercury Lounge or the cutting room or the Iridium or any of the larger rooms that you might want to play in the city as it gets, as you move up in ranks, you can play a wedding for 10,000 people. And that same band might not sell out, you know, trying to think of a tiny club I used to play, the cupping room. I was going to say the TikTok club uh, with Frank Sinatra, the TikTok in. 
but no, but you know what I mean? Like, like the, like these little tiny rooms in the city, like, you know, that same band couldn't do that. The same band, you know what I mean? And that's what you realize or you play with some famous people and then you go do your thing and nobody gives a shit that you were so-and-so's bass player yeah. or drummer or guitar player. They don't give a fuck. That doesn't give you any cachet in this other world, but in the world that I was functioning in, oh, you played with so-and-so. Yeah, I'll hire you. Like these things have value. And I think that like, moving into the world of the original music, what was valuable over there is not valuable over here, right? It's a whole different ecosystem, but it's much more to my liking. And here's what I'll say when it comes to your ecosystem. Oh, what I have found... Before you go, I'll say there are two ecosystems. And I think my frustrations are, I get that I'm not playing the big 500 seat rooms and I'm fine. You know, it's like, I'll open. It's when I run into the brick wall of the, dude, I'm looking at your calendar and you're not bringing in TV names. I right. could not be a TV name for you too. Anyway, go ahead. Right. <laughs> right. But, but, you know, but this is actually to my point, right? When I was in the New York ecosystem, things were really tough. It was difficult. Like, cause it wasn't the right ecosystem for me. When I got into a different one, it's still difficult and it's still a lot of work, but things move a lot faster. And what I found is that the people I have access to in this world, I didn't have access to the same level of people in, in that other world. Hmm. I just didn't. In, in a much shorter period of time, the access I have to the kind of quality musicians, you know what I mean? Not, not in terms of goodness, because I played with a lot of great musicians, right? It's more like their level of influence that they, their level of influence that they have is different, right? Like I can, well, I can, can I get you to expand on that? Because I know what you're talking about, but someone listening might not. As you have been in the world of originality, you, for the first time, went into a professional studio with a professional uh, uh, producer. I mean, you met these people yeah. and suddenly you said doors are opening for you that well, you're not going to get that in a wedding band. I mean, here's the thing, right? The producer that I worked with in the studio that I worked, that we did the record in, is a studio that I'd worked in many times as a sideman. Mm. Like I'd been in there, he'd hired me to play tracks. Like that's how I knew him. We, we became friends because one of my friends rented a space from him. And, but years ago, like I've known the producer for years, like from his original studio, like damn near in his parents' basement. You know what I mean? Like he and I know each other for a minute, but being in that room as an artist versus a guy who got hired to do a job and mm. then didn't get, like it's a, literally, even with, people that I know, like, it's a different world. Like what you have access to as an artist is significantly different than what you have access to as a sideman, like as a hired gun, it's just a different world. Having a small, having a little record deal, I can call up somebody and get exactly, I can find out exactly where our songs are being played, who's on what radio stations, who's playing them. I have access to legitimate information and not, not like I, other people can't get that access. But if I want that information, I just have to pick up the phone or send an email. Hey, yeah. so-and-so, can you send me this? And within an hour, probably within a half an hour, it'll be there. I'll have all the charts, all the stats, the global stats, where to go. It'll help me plan where to tour, do this. If I call up and go, hey, you have three other artists that are similar to us. Can you send me their last, where they did the best, the highest numbers? Or even better, a package deal. Let's do, a, let's do one of those uh, package tours. Right. Yeah, like I like what and that that's a real thing. More than that, 
I was able to make phone calls for people like they, they were in a pinch. The label was in a pinch and they needed somebody to fill in for a three week tour. And we were able to like, Katie and I were like, oh, well, we could actually put some of our friends on that. Like sort of calling up some of our friends who would have been appropriate for it. And it's like, holy shit, like that's a real thing to be able to, you know what I mean? Like that's a real thing to be able to do for somebody to like say, cause that's how, like one of my friends said it to me years ago. He said, you know how people move up in the ranks? You move up in the ranks because somebody fucks up above you and somebody has to take a chance on you. Yeah. And 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 that's almost how almost every opportunity that I've gotten come came from. You know Make, what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. Like that's what happens. Somebody fucks up and they're like, shit, we are in a pinch. Fuck, so and so needs a bass player and they need him now. I know this guy, Antar, he's really good. Okay. And that's your shot right there. That's your shot. You well, that's the Tom Brady. Drew Bledsoe yeah. goes down and Tom Brady gets put in. The rest is history. People right. people tend to forget that. They look at Tom Brady. Right. Oh, he has all these super. Yeah, he, he was sixth round draft. He came from right. nothing. He was a backup. And when he right. had his opportunity, he, yeah. uh, he he pulled an M&M. You only got one shot. Yeah. Yeah. And But the reality is that like. It's one of these weird things where like I, I heard about that and they they he was the sixth round right and they, mm -hmm. they're like how did we miss that so they they really went back because they're like how many other people have we missed how many other tom brady's have we missed because we just didn't know what to look for and the reality is i think that there isn't any way to know i think that that's the problem when you have a made-up system because in a made-up system you put arbitrary things on people to be the markers for success when in reality what makes a Leon Russell or a Jay-Z or a fucking Eminem or a Bill Cosby or a whoever or a or a or a right like what makes that it's like that's such a unique combination of weird things but there's so many people that it shows up in every like what did you say about people getting pulled over right if one out of every hundred million people has the unique combination of things that makes them a superstar, there's still enough of them for the world to have superstars, but so few of them that you could arguably say there's none. Do you know, does that make sense? <laughs> like It does, but way, my, you know? my mind is tracked on going sideways where it comes yeah, to how can you tell? Um, I'm just going to stick with football because one thing, having done any, uh, just a modicum, not research on Brady, but having seen a documentary, uh, every single person that worked with him said that he works his ass off and he did that right. as a backup. And my, my, I always watch backups when they get put in. And I find it interesting when you see one just completely fail because it's like, what were you doing? Were you just like, Oh, I guess I'm the backup. Like they, they, I keep saying like, um, one guy interviewed said Brady would just like, okay, okay, stop saying like, uh, said that Brady would, after practice was over, say, we're going to keep practicing. Whereas I was thinking of Matt Leinart, who came, I think he won the Heisman, I don't know, but he came from college and was a first round draft pick and was like, all right, I'm king shit now. And they always say, when you get to the NFL, you have to work harder. Whereas he thought that I made it to the NFL, I'm a star quarterback, and he washed out within a couple of years. Brady did not wash out. He took his opportunity and said, all right, when I get my break, I'm fucking going for it. Yeah. I think a lot of the washouts. So he said, how can you tell? You just watch the work ethic. 
mm-hmm. how do they act? Like, well, fuck it, I'm second string, oh, I'm third string, or I'm in the practice squad. I, you know, it, it, I think it boils down to work ethic. So right. you can't tell but, there's no guarantee, but you can, you can see who's putting in the time and effort. Right. And who's, I, I guess my, my question is more like, what is it that, like, what is it that makes one person who, no, you're saying up, like, <laughs> I know you've got me reverting back to my childhood, but what is it that would make one person? We were both Valley girls to anybody exactly. that didn't know what he meant. Exactly. Like would... I'm a black man and I'm a Valley girl. My name's Antar. <laughs> I'm a white Midwesterner. My name's Nathan. Like, hi. <laughs> Good Lord. You should see yeah. the pictures of us. We were, we were awesome Valley girls. I know we were. Oh boy. <laughs> you get us in trouble. Um, Always try. Those pictures are going to show up one day. Oh. You're going to realize you're serious. <laughs> but, but um, no, but like, what is it that makes one person who grows up in like a horrible situation that is just horrible always around and you can see no positive light and that person grows up to be a superstar and uses that to be the fuel and another person in that exact same situation gets crushed by the weight of it and becomes repeats the pattern becomes the alcoholic becomes the the abusive dad it's like what is it like what is it that because because you're right there's something about work ethic but there's something also about not allow like somehow having the strength of character to be able to define yourself, right? If you define yourself as the backup, as the understudy, as the second string, as the whatever, then that's a real problem. Yeah. But if you don't define yourself as that, and you realize that life is long and that this is just a step and this is just a journey, and maybe the person who's starting the game just has been on the path longer than you, and maybe you should pay attention and learn something, like, or whatever it is, like, right, there's all kinds of stuff, right, like, but what is it that separates, like, we understand what the components are, right, hard work, good, like, good work ethic, good this, good this, ability to self-define within reason, you know, not to the point of being a serial killer or a psychopath, but to the point of, like, having a thick enough skin to not let somebody not letting you get picked first be the thing that breaks you, right? You know, like what what is that unique set of characteristics? Because it's not racial or or cultural. Because people from all over the world do it, right? So, well, I have two thoughts. One, I'll get out of the way quick because it's football again. <laughs> I don't remember who the quarterback was, but Johnny Manziel gave an interview after he washed out of the league several years later. Like, um. I don't know when either way, Johnny Manziel said that when I came into this league as the number one draft pick, the big hero money sign, you know, I'm Johnny Manziel, Johnny football, I think was his nickname. Um, He had the attitude of I'm a star and a veteran quarterback who was not an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady sat him down and said, Hey, I've been in this league a long time. I've made millions of dollars and you've heard of me, but I'm obviously not, you know, a hero, but you show up. You do the work. And if you're reliable, you'll have a long career. And Johnny was like, ah, I'm a number one draft pick. What do you, and he said, that is probably the biggest mistake I made because that guy played 10, 15 years in the NFL, sometimes as a backup, sometimes as a starter. It wasn't Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it was, it was someone like a Fitzpatrick who bounced from team to team when they needed a quarterback and shit. When Aaron Rodgers had COVID this past season, they called up a guy who had retired and said, hey, we need someone as a backup just in case. Will you come out of retirement? He said, sure. It's the easiest $75,000 ever made for a week. He got $75,000 to sit on the bench for a week just in case they needed right. him. And, and train and have some fun and yeah. with his friends. That's right. exactly what he said. He said it was beautiful. I flew up there. I got to wear the Packer uniform. 
And, uh, but yeah, that, so it, I don't know where I was going with this, but just the idea that one guy that is not a household name said, I've made millions of dollars and had a 10, 15 year career. You can do the same, but instead Manziel washed out. And maybe the reverse of what you said, you're, if you're not defined by, I was second past, I was picked third. You can also be overdefined by I'm number one because yes. they, every year they, they do a yes. thing of the number one busts, Ryan leaf, um, shit, the guy from the Raiders was it Jamarcus Russell? I don't know, but they, they always do. So the other thing I thought of is this happened yesterday. Look up, I think songbird or Nightbird. Mm -hmm. There was a singer that passed away yesterday, but I didn't know she had passed away. I was on Facebook and I just saw a video. Someone said, this is so sad. And it was uh, the golden buzzer of America's got talent. And it's this woman that walks out and she's just rail thin. And they start talking to her like, oh, what do you do for a living? She said, well, I haven't worked for a few years. I've been battling cancer. Oh, my goodness. Uh, are you OK? She's like, well, you know, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm OK. And they're like, oh, good. So but the cancer, she's like, oh, it's in my brain and my liver and my lungs. Like, but you're not OK. And she's like, well, the song I'm going to sing is called It's OK. It's an original song I wrote. And the song is really nice, but it's her personality. The way she is standing on stage full of cancer. And mm -hmm. she's just like, no, no, I am not defined by my cancer. You know, we're going to do that. And she gets a standing ovation. And as I said, the golden buzzer. And you're watching just like, my goodness, this woman is powerful. And so I looked her up after watching that performance. And that season, she had to drop out because of health problems. She didn't even get a chance to go on and win. And as I said, she passed away at age 31 or 32. She was 30 when it happened. And but just to have that power of positivity. Yeah. It was infectious. You're watching a video of a reality TV contest and you are touched. You are moved. Mm -hmm. And it, it, the, the song was just really nice. It was nice. And she just had this powerful personality. I have no clue who she was, but I was saddened by the loss of her. Someone I had never, I'm like it. The, I, so because I'm a comedian and my mind works like an asshole, my first thought was life is bullshit. This beautiful positive soul is yeah. gone and every single kardashian is alive and right. it's just not fair i mean i mean that's the thing right like i mean you're right i mean you're being partially funny but it's it's very true yeah i don't think that i think we have this like again like this shit is all made up like i don't think that life is fair no, the sooner you accept fair. that right it, 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 it doesn't become easier but it, it becomes less angry and painful well, sometimes but I mean, I think that it's a it's not it's a game, not in the sense that it's trivial, but in the sense that it has rules. Like systems have rules and they're not fair, but they are what they are. Right? Like when you play Monopoly, if you play Monopoly by the rules, it has rules. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do not pass go, you go right to jail. That's it. It sucks, but if you're going to play by the rules that's what they are and if you know that yes it's arbitrary that you landed on this thing that sent you there but that's the rules and it's like so you just play to win and i feel like most of us approach monopoly like oh i don't want to be an evil this i don't want to do this i don't want to do this it's like well but that's how the game is played so either play or don't like you can just choose not to play right you can just go decide you're going to play poker instead or chess or checkers or tiddlywinks or Candyland, whatever the fuck but like I would say, like, again, back to the, like, all the shit ties in, right? Like, at the end, find the game you actually want to play, 
right? Like, I feel like we spend so much time complaining about the game that we're playing when it's actually we're on the wrong board. Like, we're just playing the wrong fucking game. Like, like that's how I felt about the New York thing. It was great. I had a lot of fun. I would, it was some of the best times of my life, but there was a point at which it was no longer the right ecosystem for me to be in. I needed to be in a different one if I actually wanted to thrive. Not because that's a bad one, because it's a bad fit for me personally, even though some of my best friends are thriving in that world. That wasn't the world for me, and that's okay. Right, like it's okay to leave a game to a better game because this isn't a joke. Like this is our lives. Like this isn't like what are you having for dinner next week? This is how we're gonna spend the rest of our lives on this fucking spinning rock, right? Like that's what it is. So pick the game board, and if you don't like it, get the fuck up off that. Learn some rules to another game that you like, and go play that motherfucker. Because what if when we're done, we're done? Like again, all this made up shit. Like most of this shit is just made up. Like not like religion, all of it is fucking made up. And I understand that like it all the they all hit these key principles and key targets. And there's these key stories that like seem to be genetically encoded into all humans, right? But outside of that, we spend most of our time worshiping the finger and not looking to see that the finger is pointing to the moon. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we yeah. do. It's like, fuck, dude. Like, that's like, this shit is made up, man. Like, pay attention to shit that is real and then go find a game you can win and fucking play that motherfucker and win. You know what I mean? Like, really, like, this stuff is it's fucking nonsense. Anyway, you look like you have like at least three things to say. And Two. I know we're running out of time. Yeah. Also. Well, let's, let's wrap it up here. Two, one is the is easy one. This is why I think you should read that book by JJ French that I told you to get. A lot of what you just said is in there. And I, it's funny. Every so often I fall into the trap of, uh, ooh, this self-help book or this marketing book, this unlock the secret book, you know, and I'll, I'll read it. And it's just complete shit. He somehow wrote a motivational book without writing a motivational book. He wrote a business. It's, it's fascinating. He, he says a lot of what you said. The other thought I had really quickly is, it's funny. We all complain about the path we're on because that's the path we're on. But when I'm at my best, I remember I could be a dentist and complaining about the asshole dentist that opened an office a block away that's offering a coupon. Like you talk about music, I talk about comedy. Right now there is a dentist complaining about his competition or you know, the, we all think that our own life path is exclusive or the best or the worst, but it just is for us. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's talk about you winning the game. How's yeah. the album doing? Last week, or was it two weeks ago? We talked either way. Number six in the yeah, Billboard no, top ten. I mean, it, it's still the. It's not at six anymore, but it's but it's still, still doing you know, good. I mean, it made it and, there. It doesn't matter where it is. I mean, you have that screenshot I mean, that says we made it to this level. That's yeah. a building block. The next album might make it to number two. Either I way, mean, and that that's the reality. Again, it's a, it's this game is not like again as you get older, you stop comparing yourself to other people. Because you start to learn, you start to get inside some people's lives, you know what I mean? You realize that, that like your buddy, when you see your buddy at the high school reunion, as if people go to those things these days, right? You see your buddy at the high school reunion show up with some hot woman 
and like it is in a Ferrari and you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then you find out that he's been divorced five times. The woman's a prostitute who's got a coke habit and two kids and she wishes she could see, but she can't. And he's over leveraged and he hates his job. You know what I mean? Like most of us, if everybody put their problems on the table, most of us wouldn't pick up somebody else's and walk away with them and leave ours. Do you know what I mean? Like you, it's like, oh, I'll take these. I, at least I know these. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like, like we look I keep at muting myself. Else's. I don't know how much of this is making it through. There's, there's fucking shit all going on above me, but yeah. uh, I, I interrupted you because we're going sideways again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your album's so, doing well. The album is on my no, way but, by right. the Katie it, Henry it, band. It's, it's doing well. And Katie's off in Germany doing stuff. She sent me some video. It, it's fucking great. She's having a great time she'll be back in a few weeks we've got a handful of festivals coming up things are really they're moving forward nicely you know what i mean like again like i hope that my uh you know my my knees don't give out now that my brain started working i hope that my my knees can last as long as you know this this ride will <laughs> that is the race what happens first well the album has two singles currently on the album on my way um uh, got me good and mm-hmm. on my way are the two singles you can watch them on you can you can listen to the album on spotify you can watch the videos on youtube just catchy as all fuck yeah. um then aside from katie henry uh we have antargoodwin.com where if you need a musical director or bass lessons but maybe not for a while maybe not much longer as the other thing picks up so get in while you can yeah seriously but check out all things antar I am uh, the opposite of you. I'm just treading water, trying to stay afloat. So that's, uh, you, you can find me at NathanTimmel.com. <laughs> yes. I wish I could say that I'm on an upward tra- trajectory right now, but uh, always hoping for the future. I, I think you are. I just think that it hasn't reached critical mass yet. Cause I think your TikTok thing, uh, it's the, it, you know, I don't know. I'm a little, t- I'm, I'm, I'm a little ticked at TikTok. <laughs> so, uh, I've hit a speed bump there. I was growing very nicely, and now my my videos are being taken out of feeds because I've been uh, dinged a couple times. They've removed. Uh, I I told a story. I said, "Ah, oh, I caught my roommate masturbating." Boom, gone because I said masturbate. So I had to eliminate it. So I deleted the video because they removed the sound. They said, "Hey," said, "Hey, I caught my roommate uh, making himself happy happy with his hand." And uh, that's happened to me three times. And the more it happens, even though I'm not saying anything wrong, I just, they have these keywords. And so they have bumped, I'm not growing right now. In fact, I'm shrinking because they're take. So I have to be really on my best behavior for several weeks, I think, before I start going back into feeds. It's, and it's fucking thought police, man. Yeah. Seriously, like, it's, it's frustrating. exactly how we started the conversation. Like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? That like, out of context, like if you say well, the algorithm like, here's masturbating and things like, oh, we've got a video about someone jerking off. They right. don't go, oh, there's a guy that said the word masturbate because he's a comedian. And he's going to tell a story. Or, that's or he's a doctor and he's talking about children with teen masturbation. Like, sure. Who, fuck, who knows? Yeah. Right. Like, Jesus Christ. Maybe he's a, his name is his last name is, you know, Bader and the butler's calling him, you know, yeah. like, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I was growing very nicely on there and now I'm stagnating and it kind of yeah. hurts, but we will see. But yeah, that's happened three yeah. times with different things where I'm not even thinking. And I guess I have to be more conscious because I have to think, but yeah, if I just say something and it happens so quick, like you post a video and then you get a notification sound has been removed. Like, you know, and then this I've had, 
audio restored once where I said, Hey, I'm, I'm challenging this. And it came back two days later, like you win, but every other one, this one, it didn't give me an option to challenge. And another one, it just sort of, it's still pending. It's been two months and like your review is still pending because I get it. There are a billion users and they're backlogged, but I just, their, their algorithm sucks either way. I have a book out that people like, uh, I'm going to be, this was funny. I got an email the other day. Um, a small independent uh, book blogger said, I do this monthly magazine. Would you mind being the featured author for March? No. Why would I want that? Yes. Thank you. Please promote me. I appreciate it. So I sent her all the stuff. And so I'm going to be the featured author nice. in her book blogger magazine because she, oh, that's awesome. what's awesome about it is um, I think I told you when I contact these book bloggers, I read their webpage first. Mm -hmm. And this one said, you would be surprised how many people do not look at the criteria or the webpage, because this was a book blogger that said, I really like horror books. I like a good vengeance tale, but that's about it. And I said, okay, I don't have a horror book. I have a thriller, but it is about vengeance. And she said, you know what? I like the way you approach me. I'll give it a shot. And she loved it. You know, she, she said, I read horror. I liked your book. I'll make you the featured author. So nice. again, when my book ends up in someone, no one's buying the book, but when they do, they tend to like it. So if you have not bought, purchased, or listened to We Are 100 hardcover paperback Kindle on Amazon, the audiobook is on Google Play, should be on Apple Books. Um, anywhere you listen to audiobooks, Stitcher, Audible, you can get the audiobook. Um, people like it. I'm proud of it. I, yeah. uh, I just wished it had done better. Sad me, sad face. All right, NathanTimmel.com. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I'm going to start posting this with the video. Uh, if you just watched this whole thing or left it open in another tab with YouTube, I will start posting. Hey, if you just want to listen to the audio version of the podcast, here's the link because there is an audio version of this vodcast, the podcast version. So if you yeah. just sat through this and you only want to listen on your as you're jogging or that's, that's the line I use with my audiobook. Hey, you can pop in earbuds and listen while you clean the house or on your commute or make love to your partner. I'm not here to judge. Whatever you want to listen to us, you can listen to us. All right, we're, we're done babbling. Take care, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>